I don't know how to explain it, but I know that words will never do. Miracles and signs and wonders aren't enough for me to prove to you. Don't you know I've always loved you? Even before there was time. Though you turn away, I'll tell you still. Don't you know I've always loved you? And I always will. Greater love has not a man than the one who gives his life to prove. That he would do anything, and that's what I'm gonna do for you. Don't you know I've always loved you? Even before there was time. Though you turn away, I'll tell you still. Don't you know I've always loved you? Don't you know I've always loved you? Even before there was time. Though you turn away, I'll tell you still. Don't you know I've always loved you? And I always will. Thank you, Rick and Charlene. I love Third Base, so that's one of my favorite bands ever. Our scripture this morning is one verse, and it's the last thing Jesus said recorded in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 20. Matthew, chapter 28, verse 20. And it reads, And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age didn't turn my mic on and I'm sorry I'm getting the high sign from the back so teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age let us pray Heavenly Father we love you this morning and Lord
Lord, we just ask that you pour out your spirit upon this service, that our ears, our hearts, our minds are open to your message this morning. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen. I just realized Hollis has moved up four rows. She told me this morning, she sent me a text and said we should treat Sunday like the Super Bowl and then if the preacher makes a good point, they should pour Gatorade on his head. <laughs> I know you, I've, I've realized you keep moving your way up. If I look over and you're right here, we are done for the day. So, But you're not going to believe this, but there are still bullies in our schools. I know, right? It's 2024, and there are still there's still some bullies that in our high schools and our middle schools and I'm sure in the elementary schools but the other day I saw one of my favorite things and I saw when a bully gets what's coming to him and so you know I'm at the school and this big kid was really giving it to this little kid now they hadn't started throwing hands yet but he was really just mouthing off at this little kid and he's just trying to intimidate him in front of everyone. And what the bully didn't realize was that me and the assistant principal are right behind him while he's just giving it to this little kid. And this, this little kid, I mean, he's got this look of terror in his eyes, but all of a sudden he just kind of, he looks up and he sees me and the assistant principal standing behind him and he just starts to grin. And the bully finally told him, he said, you can wipe that smile off your face or I'll wipe it off for you. And the little kid just kind of pointed behind him. And when he turned around, the bully just dropped his head because he knew he was in a world of trouble. Um, but my favorite part about this whole interaction that day was not just seeing the bully get what's coming to him, but I started remembering how that little kid had a look of pure terror on his face. And then all of a sudden he saw, he saw us, and then everything changed. Knowing that we were there changed everything for that little kid. He knew that it wasn't going to escalate into a fight. He knew his tormentor was in trouble. He knew that he was safe. See, I spoke a couple weeks ago about how God has our back. And this was definitely a I got your back moment, if there ever was one. The relief on this kid's face, knowing that everything was going to be okay, has been hard for me to forget. Now, I know I talk about the Marine Corps a lot, but I'm very proud of it. But Fred will agree with me that, and I'm assuming this is true in every branch of service, but Marines fought each other all the time. All the time. I mean, we got locked together in a barracks in Okinawa for, during, a typhoon, during a typhoon for three days. And after about 28 hours, it was worldwide wrestling in that barracks. I mean, we just, we going after it because we just couldn't stand to be around each other that long. But here's the thing. Marines will fight each other, but we would never let anybody say anything about the Marine Corps or fight another Marine without one of us jumping in the middle of it. You don't see Marines backing down from a lot of fights because they know they're never alone. If there's other Marines around, they know they're never alone. Now, this terrified little kid at school went from cowering down to this bully to standing very tall in just a matter of seconds when he realized he wasn't alone. See, you are not alone. It may feel like all is lost, 
But when we look back on those moments when we felt the loneliest, we realize that God was with us, that we were never alone. You see, I got the call that my dad had passed away right after delivering a bus in Wisconsin. And I called Shelly and told her, I was like, hey, I got a, you know, I called the dispatcher and he said, hey, I got a bus for you going to Illinois. So I called Shelly. I said, hey, honey, when I get back home, I'm going back to Illinois. And she goes, honey, you're not going anywhere. And that's when she told me we lost my dad. Well, I was in a van headed to the airport and I couldn't speak. I was with three other drivers and only one of them I'd really driven before I kind of knew. So I couldn't talk, so I just handed the phone to her. And Shelly told those drivers what was going on. Well, those three other drivers, yeah, I, I felt really alone, but those three other drivers were there for me. In that van, on the way to the airport, they prayed for me. And as lonely as I felt looking back at that, I realized that they were there for me, that God had sent them for me. I was never alone. God intervened in three people that I had never prayed with, had never really talked church about. I'd never seen them pray because every time we went out to eat, they called me preacher, so I always said the blessing. But they sat beside me, put a hand on my shoulder, and asked God to give me peace. I was never alone. I was in Wisconsin, as far away from my family as I thought I could possibly get, but I was not alone. See, on the plane home, I was sitting there near, in a seat, not near anywhere, this is during COVID, so they're trying to send as many people out and separate you as much as they can, so I was sitting in a seat nowhere near anybody, but the peace about where my dad was at right then, and the people he was getting to meet, just kind of overtook me. And I had to smile, knowing where my dad was at, knowing that he would never have to deal with pain again. And I was almost jealous because my dad was getting to hold a child that I haven't even got to hold yet. You see, I was not alone. You are not alone. I don't know what you're going through or will go through in this life, but you will never do it alone. I've talked about this before, and I'll continue to talk about it, but there's a God-sized hole in our heart. When we ask Jesus into our lives, we fill that void. He fills that void. There are some very lonely people out there. And they may have a house full of people. They may have a house full of people tonight watching the Super Bowl. They've got a great job, tons of friends, but deep down, they are lonely. They're lonely because they're searching for something to fill that God-sized void in their life. They fill it with everything this world has to offer, but they will always be alone until they realize they need Jesus in their life. Okay, so being married to Shelly is kind of like being related to Becky. They know everybody. They're related to them or they know them. I promise you that. But we were, uh, I mean, there's not a restaurant within 50 miles of here that me and Shelly can go to this afternoon that she will not know somebody in that restaurant. But a few weeks ago, we were up in Boone, and we were at this little bitty barbecue restaurant. And when nobody came up to the table to talk to Shelly, or Shelly didn't leave me at the table by myself to go talk to someone else, it was kind of weird. I'm not used to that. 
I ate very few meals out where somebody didn't stop at our table. But we were actually alone. But then we said the blessing and realized we were never by ourselves. Our Father in Heaven goes before us and He's with us everywhere we go. If you look at our scripture this morning, He says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Praise God, we are not alone. Now, don't get me wrong, there are times when you hope you are alone. Like when I'm in my office at church here and it's nighttime and all the lights are off except for in my office and I have to walk down the hall for something. Yeah, that's when I kind of want to be alone. But do I really? I mean, I'm seriously talking to God the whole time I'm walking down that hall going, please, dear Lord, do not let me see anybody at the bottom of those steps. Especially if they're just hovering there. But you see, the terrifying thing is that we want to be alone when we're not following his directions. When we're doing something that God doesn't want us to do, we would love for him to leave us alone right then. One of those, God, if you could just look the other way for just a minute while I yell at this idiot that just cut me off in traffic. That's when we want him to look the other way, when we want to be alone. But he's there. And we need him there. You know, I talk a lot about being the hands and feet of Christ. But we may be the difference in someone coming to know Jesus and not. If people know you are a child of God and then you don't act like it, why would they want anything to do with that? We may ask God to turn his head so we can yell at someone, but he won't and neither will the world. They see us. They see how we act. During our fellowship of Christian students, we have that once a week at the high school. And I remind the students in that room that they represent Christ on campus. They can't say one thing, tell everybody on campus that they are one thing, and then act like something else. You can't walk around with a what would Jesus do bracelet and say things and do things that he would never do. We represent Christ. Now, I'm not telling them that they're any better than anyone else because they're not. But they are the walking, talking representatives of Christ on campus. As Boy, as Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts, when you are in that uniform, you represent. You represent the Boy Scouts of America. You represent the Scouts as a whole. You represent your troop. You represent your leaders. You represent. You are never alone. As Christians, we don't have these uniforms. But people should be able to see Jesus in us either way. We shouldn't have to walk around with a Jesus Loves Me t-shirt for people to know that Jesus loves us. Because he does. We need to make sure that everyone knows that Jesus loves them too. And that they are not alone. Let's have a time of open worship.
folks in Monza Beach. Scouts, we want to thank you for being here. We thank you for what you represent, who you represent, and what you do for this community. We're very blessed to have you as a part of our structure. If everyone will stand for our benediction. Please receive this benediction. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we know that you love us because we are never alone. Help us to go out this week and reflect you in everything that we do so that others can see Jesus in us. All these things we ask in your name. Amen.